Bill finally gave the Ringer's Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos, and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus, when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly sports, Shiel. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Hutz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Rollbeck. It is week two. We're going through our vibes, our feelings, entering the second week of the season. If you are wondering who to start, who to sit, everything, who to play in your lineups, we have our rankings are up for week two at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. So go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have our lineups. we got half PPR scoring, full PPR standard, super flex rankings. You can click on all the little positions and you can see just the positions. You can combine positions. If you want to see running backs and receivers and tight ends, you can do whatever you want there. Fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Check that out. Okay. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, so we have not seen Thursday Night Football. We're not going to talk about Thursday Night Football. Probably a great game. We're going into week two. DK. Yo. We're going to go through all this in categories. Do you want to start us out with a little hot tub club and take us through the injuries going into this week? Yeah, if you remember from last week, we are doing the arrest development literal doctor. <laughs> terrible at explaining very serious news to families about their, uh, about their loved ones. Uh, this first section is called, It Looks Like He's Dead. And these are like injured players that... He looks like he's dead. Like, he just looks dead. He's fine, but he looks dead. It looks like he's dead. He's covered in blue paint. Looks like he's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, little guy. The tears aren't coming. The tears just aren't coming. Uh, just to be clear, it looks like he's dead or he is dead. It just looks like he's dead. He's got, like, blue paint on him or something. But he's going to be fine. What is wrong? This is basically the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. I don't know what the mm. hell is going on with them, but there is a laundry list of players that we need to kind of like pay attention to going into the weekend. The 45-year-old guy in the team is the only one that's healthy. <laughs> He's good. Yeah, the guy who looks like sunken and his face <laughs> just has just changed like a just too much from plastic surgery. All the 25-year-olds, all the people who could be his son are injured. <laughs> yeah, so... Starting out with Godwin, Chris Godwin, he got hurt again last week, which was predictable. They tried to rush him back. It was really annoying. Uh, he strained his hamstring. He did not play on Wednesday or Thursday at practice, so he is probably going to be out, almost likely, uh, almost surely going to be out. Julio Jones has a knee injury. He did not participate in practice Wednesday or Thursday. 
Julio doesn't practice a lot. I think it's kind of like one thing we've learned over the last few years. So I would monitor this and kind of just see how it goes. Um, unfortunately, though, Mike Evans was a limited participant on Wednesday with a calf injury, did not practice on Thursday. So that's going in the wrong direction. Russell Gage, he was a did not participate on Wednesday, returned to this practice is their Thursday. top four receivers. Yes. Also, Leonard Fournette. Limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So I mean, also Brady everybody. didn't play on practice on Wednesday. Just no, I, maybe the Bucks just don't like practicing on Wednesday. <laughs> well, Brady's like, why? If these guys are out, why should I play? So Fournette's probably fine, right? If if you're I getting think, in limited yeah. practice on Thursday, you're going to play. Like that's just how it is. But yes, are you, so if God, Godwin's probably out, Evans, you think probably going to play? Like Julio seems like a coin flip. I mean, yeah. Like honestly, I have no idea what to think about Julio. Like obviously, not practicing is a little bit of an alarm. Um, Evans going from limited to did not participate on Thursday uh, is not great. Although it could just be, again, it's the, the way that teams do it sometimes is like, you know, go out there, practice, see how it reacts, give you a rest day, then we'll go back out on Friday. Um, I think the bottom line is basically you just have to monitor this entire Buccaneers offense. Um, I would say the one certainty here is Chris Godwin is almost surely not going to play. But are you going to play any of these guys if they're in? I would play Fournette and Evans if they're in. I would say Julio being hurt is enough of a red flag to me. Like, I would probably just look somewhere else. What if Godwin and Julio are out and Evans and Russell Gage play? Would you play Russell Gage? I mean, I don't know. Borderline. You got to. I think you'd have to. You, if you can get the second receiver on the Bucks, especially in a game where Marshawn Lattimore is going to be lining up against Mike Evans, you, pro you probably would play Russell Gage. There you go. In my opinion, in my humble yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good way of putting it. There's also Brashad Perryman, Scotty Miller. Well, Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. I know. Forgot he was still in the Bucks. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> he had his little 15 minutes of fame, didn't he, last year? He sure did. Keep rolling here, Hot Tub Club DK. All right. So the rest of this category looks like he's dead. These are players that are not going to be playing, and it's it's notable for mostly just like their teammates' reasons. Damian Williams for the Falcons. Uh, running back, he's probably not going to play. He didn't pra he didn't participate in practice on Wednesday or Thursday. That's really good news uh, for Cordero Patterson. Makes me more confident in starting Cordero Patterson this weekend. Um, KJ Hamler didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I think that probably bodes well um, for Judy and Sutton in terms of just like their target rate being concentrated. And then Wandell Robinson for the Giants did not participate in practice on Thursday or on Wednesday or Thursday. So he's unlikely to play. It's going to be a smorgasbord of receivers for the Giants again. Probably just not Kadarius Tony. We'll get to him. <laughs> God, this guy. Um, all right. Next up. He's going to be all right. How's my son? He's going to be all right. Oh, oh thank God. Finally, some good news There's from no this other guy. way to take that. That's a great attitude. I got to tell you, if I was getting this news, I don't know that I'd take it this well. But you said he was all right. Yes, he's lost his left hand, so he's going to be all right. You son of a bitch. This guy. I hate these are players that we have no fucking clue what they're going to do this weekend. Basically, we just don't know enough information right now as of Thursday afternoon. T. Higgins for the Bengals is in concussion protocol, and then today he missed practice for personal reasons, so we're going to have to wait and see on that. DeAndre Swift has an ankle injury, did not participate in practice Wednesday or Thursday. However, he has told the media that he plans on playing. So I don't know how much you can trust players. Typically, they're more confident in their own ability to kind of get back than you know, like doctors or whatever. Um, Can you imagine if it, they were less confident? <laughs> <laughs> well, some guys are, are pretty honest, I think. Some guys know their bodies better than other. Um, but I would just monitor this up until Saturday and see what's going on. I definitely would play Swift if he's if he's healthy. Same with Higgins. Uh, in the same line of thought, Michael Pittman. This one was kind of surprising. He did not. He was a limited participant, participant on Wednesday, and then he was not spotted at practice on Thursday. So 
trending in potentially the wrong direction. Also, Alec Pierce has a concussion um, and he's in the protocol. So we don't really know who's going to be catching passes for the Colts this weekend. So that is another big thing to monitor as we're going into the weekend. Um, Three Saints, three important Saints on the injury report this week that we have to monitor. James Winston quarterback was limited on both Wednesday and Thursday. He has a back injury. The only reason I put him on there, he's probably going to play, but back injuries are just not good, like typically speaking. I think um, back injuries speak to you as a, as a father. In your I know. Days. I'm like, my back hurts right now. And so going out and playing a football game, trying to torque my body and throw, I don't know. It's tough. Um, and then the running back group, Michael, uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Um, Kamara in particular did not participate in practice on Thursday with a rib injury after being limited on Wednesday. I mean, I think he's going to play. Like if I had to guess right now, I would say Kamara plays, but... Um, it is a little bit concerning uh, that he got downgraded to did not participate. I, I think I saw that just now. And then a couple more guys, George Kittle for the 49ers did not participate on Wednesday. I don't think I've seen the 49ers uh, West Coast practice report quite yet today. But, um, you know, this is another guy that he could go. He could not practice until like Friday and still play. So he's just one of those players you have to check on Sunday. The scary thing about Kittle is that he tried to play last week and he has this groin injury that he probably needs yeah. four weeks to fully recover from. But he he seems to not want to do that. And maybe the Niners now, uh, having lost, want to get they him gotta, back. Like, hold him back, man. I know. Kittle, I think if you play him, there is fear of an in-season, you know, uh, I'm sorry, an right. in-game re-injury and he'll have to leave. This is a very important note. All these guys you've mentioned so far, DK, I think are you, if they are playing on Sunday, you have to play them and don't think twice. T yes. Higgins, DeAndre Swift, Michael Pittman, Alvin Kamara. All those guys, if they play, you play them. Do you, mm -hmm. Is George Kittle also like that? Like if George Kittle is actually active, would you start him automatically? Yes, because the tight end position is just a fucking wasteland. Right. It's like, who else do you have on your team? <laughs> I, guess, I guess if you have somebody who's, like a Dalton Schultz, I doubt you have both those guys. Then you could play a Dalton Schultz and play it safe. But if you if you have right. like a David Njoku or someone even deeper than that, a Robert Tanyan, like you probably got to play Kittle. Agreed. And then one final note here for the just the injured players we're not really sure about. Pierre Strong, running back from the Patriots. Not a guy we typically talk about a whole lot. But with Ty Montgomery going onto the injured reserve this week, all eyes are on the Patriots backfield and how this kind of like breaks out. If it's Ramondre and Damian Harris, in a two-man backfield where they're splitting reps and it's, you know, generally speaking, even or whatever with those two guys, you can play both of those players. The problem, of course, was that Ty Montgomery was coming in and vulturing uh, snaps from both of them last week, and it makes all three of them basically unplayable. So, bottom line, if this is a two-man rotation in the Patriots' backfield, I'm much more confident starting either Ramondre or Damian Harris in my flex spot just because they're going to get more volume. So I think watching what happens with Pierre Strong is like quietly kind of important going into the weekend. If he doesn't play, if he's not practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or sorry, if, he, if he's not practicing Thursday and Friday, it's a good sign that we're going to get a two-man backfield for the Patriots. And I would say Pierre Strong is more important for Ramondre Stevenson managers than Damian Harris. Damian Harris seems to have first and second down lockdown, but it's yeah. the third down role that Ty Montgomery operated. I think he played all but one third down uh, Ty Montgomery. So that seems to be what Ramondre Stevenson would do if Pierre Strong didn't play. So I would say Pierre Strong doesn't play. Ramondre gets a bigger tick up than Harris. Yeah, agreed. Uh, final category, and I'll breeze through these. We've removed the hook, and there's been no damage. These are injured players that we're confident, or at least they're trending towards playing this weekend. Zach Ertz was a uh, was back at practice on Thursday. He played last week. I think they're probably just giving him the veteran veteran treatment. He'll probably play. J.K. Dobbins, running back for the Ravens, might make his debut uh, this week. He was a full participant on Wednesday and Thursday, so that's looking really good for him. Alan Zard for the Packers. 
um, was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. That's looking good for him playing. It sounds like he's going to play and, and might get a good amount of volume in this passing game after some of the comments that you heard from Aaron Rodgers this week about some of these young receivers. Um, the frustration is starting to bubble up a little bit, I think, for Rodgers. So he's going to get his guy back. And then Mac Jones, I put him in this category. I, pr- I maybe should have put him in the one where I just don't really know, but he had a back injury this last weekend. It looked like he was trending in the right direction. And then he got sick on Thursday and did not go to practice. It doesn't sound like it's COVID-related, but he is going to be a guy that if he's healthy or if he gets over this little sickness, he'll play, I think, because of the back injury. Um, but we need to make sure that he gets healthy enough to play. Last two, Najee Harris was full on Thursday. He's going to play. I can't believe that he's just fine now. I know. It looked so bad. This is like typical Hypix, uh, once again, your theory... He was writhing around on the floor in pain. I thought he tore a ligament in his ankle, and he's fine. <laughs> Craig literally texted us at the time. He's like, oh, Najee's done. He's he's writhing. He's in pain. Everybody on the Steelers falls down like a bag of doorknobs on every other play. <laughs> I'm so gun-shy now. I know. So he's he's fine, I guess, but whatever. Like The other thing I think that's interesting, just a, a note on Harris, is there was some talk in the in the media, the, the Steelers beat reporters this week were talking about how um, – Basically, they don't want to utilize Najee Harris quite as much as they did last year. Like Najee himself admitted that it's such a violent position, such a violent sport. Like he doesn't want to play as many snaps as he played last year. So, like, because he sprained his foot? Yes, probably partly due to that. Um, And so, I mean, if you picked up Jalen Warren, he's not, he's definitely not like startable this weekend. Um, But, you know, in deeper leagues, he might have some flexibility if they start playing him a little bit more and using him in the passing game and getting Najee off the field, turning this into more of a two-man backfield. Because typically, the, the reason we loved Harris so much is it was like he was getting like 90% of the snaps. That might not be the case this, this year anymore. Um, and then one final note, Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks. Sounds like he's going to play, so that's exciting. All right, so that was Hot Tub Club. We're getting to the categories here for Sunday. First up, the only one that matters. Sunday scaries. Everyone knows mm. the feeling of being you know, a little scared on Sunday. But with fantasy, it happens all the freaking time. And I just looking at these games, I the Sunday scaries, nothing hit me like Dallas, man. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, I feel like you're probably getting Sunday scaries all season. Like, if you have CD Lamb, I don't know how you're not getting Sunday scaries. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. Hey, this is like the Sunday before taking the SATs if you are a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys manager. God Starting speed. a new job. <laughs> just nervous. Just Godspeed if you have any of the Cowboys in your team or worse, if you have the Cowboys in your actual life. Wait, can we play Amendoza line here with, with the Dallas guys? Like, who is above and below this line in your opinion? So, the, yeah, and again, just to explain, Amendoza line, baseball, Mendoza line, are you hitting above or below 200, which is bad, but, you know, the, the, you know, the, t- the shortest you can be to ride the ride. And then we did Danny Amendola for, like, the flex. So the Amendoza line is the line we're using to decide if you're a flex player. So it's like nine half PPR points or something like that. Could they like, get to nine? Call it a, <laughs> Could they call get it to eight ten? and a half? Ten? Yeah. Call it ten? No, it Double needs digits. to be like, well, they'll get, they can get ten and you wouldn't blink an eye. Okay. I mean, if they get ten, I'm like excited. I think it should be a little lower personally. <laughs> like you just don't want, you don't ten? want like anything less than seven and a half. The only difference is, is it's it's like the advertising thing. It's like ni- 1999 yeah. versus 20 bucks. Like yeah. seeing 10 is just like, wow, that's such a better that's a game. That's a good game. Point yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. So 9.9. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. 9.9, that's funny. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is above the Mendoza line. Yeah, he But is. you're terrified that he'll be, be. Like, you're terrified that, like, I, I guess I've never been more afraid that, like, a receiver drafted for some people at the end of the first round will just get two catches for 12 yards, and you could just see it coming right in front of you. 
It's this brutal. could be one of the bigger disasters in top seven ADP wide receiver history. Let's let's let it play out. Let's let it play out a little. But you're right. God, it sucks. Is this the not, is this not the power hour? Is this not the overreaction <laughs> power hour? Oh, that was okay. I, I there's a funny. So if you rank every quarterback by like EP, like best quarterback stat we have these days is EPA per play, expected points added per play. If you rank every quarterback from last week, Dak Prescott was second to last. You know who last was? <laughs> who? Cooper Rush coming in to replace Dak oh. Prescott. Oh. Those were the last two players. So it's like, what? I don't, this is going to be terrifying. So it's like, it, it, Tony Pollard is unplayable. I think Tony Pollard's below. The I know. Line. It sucks. Everybody, our, all of our favorite sleeper is like, now I'm just, I'm keeping him on my bench. I think Zeke is, is, is above the Mendoza line, but you also can totally bench. Like you can play him at flex, obviously, but like, that's it. Like if you want to bench Zeke this week, it's fine with me. Yeah, he had like five. He had like five points last week. Exactly. It's like this yeah. is all disaster. I think the Cowboys going to be a disaster. So the only person that I'm confidently starting would be Dalton Schultz. That's where we are. <laughs> we're excited about Dalton Schultz. CD, you're not confidently starting. Yeah, but you were not excited about either of these guys. No, kind of the well, I, I'm still Schultz will be all right just because tight ends bad. But anyway, that's yeah. So I'm scared for the Cowboys. DK, who's your Sunday scary? So I'm kind of nervous about the Cardinals just in general. Like their offense looked a little bit. I don't know, just a out little of sync. bit awful. They were awful. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you for saying it more strongly. Uh, Kyler was not sharp. He finished as a QB 13. Like for a guy like Kyler that people were drafting as the QB three, four, depending on what draft you were in. But it was, it was, but it was garbage time. It was 37 to seven in the third quarter and the chiefs kind of took their players out. Well, garbage time points do count. Like this is a big reason we love Jalen hurts last year. And so like it's still bad though, it's, it's still scary to me and and, I'm, and I was going through the different skill position players for the Cardinals last week against uh, the Chiefs James Conner 10 rushes for 26 yards 5 catches for 29 yards like that is awful efficiency um, he did score a touchdown salvage the day RB 17 Marquise Brown 4 catches 43 yards and a touchdown wide receiver 26 not what you want to see Zach Ertz 2 catches 14 yards touchdown tight end 11 Basically, all these skill players were they salvaged terrible what would have been really ugly days by scoring touchdowns in garbage time. Uh, James Conner's touchdown came early in the game, so I guess that doesn't really count. But um, the pass catchers in this offense, like I don't know, the volume wasn't there. What you want to see, the explosiveness wasn't there, and they salvaged them with touchdowns. But that doesn't feel super repeatable. So I'm just kind of worried going into this week. These are players that I was pretty psyched about coming into the year, and now I'm nervous about them. It's kind of the same deal with CD Lamb too. I'm like. It's it's they're in the same vein. I'm like I'm not I'm no longer excited about these guys. The difference is you have to. Yeah, you're playing Kyler if you have him. You're playing James Conner if you have him. I would never. I would not bench James Conner this week. Like in any. No, you can't bench him. That's, you're, and you're playing that's, Marquise yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown as well. And honestly, Zach Ertz. You're playing all these guys. You just gotta hope they don't suck. Yeah. Yeah, I understand the Sunday scaries vibe, but I think you got it. The favorite, a decent matchup with Vegas here, and Marquise is still. You know, he got he scored a touchdown last week. He got a couple deep balls. Like he's still getting those those looks. Gotta hope. I just hope Kyler looks sharper. That's all. My Sunday scary is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pains me to say that. Um, they yeah. practically played five quarters against the Bengals last week, and in those five quarters, Trubisky had 194 yards. Yeah. Uh, the highest receiver was Pat Fryermuth at 75. He looked good, but other than that, Deontay Johnson had 55 yards in five quarters. Claypool had 54. Pickens had three. Zach Gentry, the backup tight end, had 40. Najee's got his foot. But do you want a great stat? On your point, Steelers played five quarters, but despite that in week one, the Steelers had the least amount of receiving Plays. yards for their wide receivers in the NFL, despite having five quarters. Ugh. 
It's God. absolutely br- this offense. I, I'm I'm formulating a take that Matt Canada is not a good offensive play caller, but we'll we'll see. I'm gonna let that marinate. And see if it <laughs> I, I, tender. I, I, Stephen Ruiz and Ben Solak are way ahead again that one. Yeah, so I just, th- th- this offense doesn't look that different from last year, to be honest. And I think this game specifically, this game against the Patriots this week, one, the Patriots have the Steelers number. They've dominated them for the last decade. Uh, this game is going to be incredibly slow. The Pats are slow. Every single Steeler is a risk for me this week. I don't know. I think uh, Amendoza line, Deontay Johnson, and Fryermuth are the only two that are above it. And I guess Najee if he plays, but that still scares me. Um, they had the Steelers had the third fewest plays of at least ten yards last week. They're they're just not producing explosive plays, and they're they're a boring offense. I was trying to pull up a tweet because I saw um, Hayden Winks and Bill Barton were talking about this the other day. Um, it, I'm just I'll, I'll read the tweet. Hayden Winks, Trubisky averaged three point five yards per dropback if you remove the thirty one yard flea flicker to Pat Fryermuth and the thirty two yard tight end screen to Zach Gentry. And then Barnwell adds he had four big plays total, and we're talking about Trubisky. A flea flicker, a tight end screen, a preposterous one-handed catch by Deontay Johnson on a back shoulder attempt that wasn't meant to be a back shoulder, and a free play throw against his body to the middle of the field. Yeah, to yeah, fire I, say, which is, yeah. I, I, th- I did think Kenny Pickett would be third in the quarterback death chart this season, but now that he's second, I, I, I they need to start playing Kenny Pickett immediately. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is so We're bad. already out. And like, We're done. The only the the but I will say the reason I thought they might not play Kenny Pickett is alive, which is that the offensive line is so bad that I think that they were a little concerned that mm. it would like stunt Pickett's development if he just tries to go out in the fire behind such a horrible offensive line. It's kind of like what the Jets did at Mark Sanchez. You get such bad habits. And but having yeah. said that, I mean, if I have one regret from our Kenny Pickett argument, it's like the perception that I was like on Mr. Trubisky's side. I don't think there's an NFL player I've been harder on over the last five years, the Mitchell Trubisky in this game was like a giant reminder of why, like he's, I mean, he's literally Derek Zoolander. He can't throw to his left. And I, I, it's abominable to, uh, I mean, the list you just said in, in five quarters. Yeah. So this is, this is a very, I mean, if you put it this way, the Steelers getting five turnovers and almost losing is preposterous. Yeah. I think it's, isn't it really funny when you accidentally get on the wrong side of an argument? Like, I don't even feel this way. Like, I, I'm not even against You know what's Pickett. funny? <laughs> I like Tyler Conklin. We had that whole argument. I have him in two dynasties. I like Tyler Conklin. <laughs> I love Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Well, while we're on dumb arguments, uh, there's a couple. I like dumb storylines that I actually mm. believe. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like, every weekend there's like a dumb thing and you're like going in and you're like, but... Yeah. This thing that is overrated, but what if it's true? <laughs> and there's two of these things for the, the Buck Saints game has two of these. It's like the best cornerback wide receiver beef shadow like mm. matchup. Yeah. It's like the two best in the league. So Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore is like the best one running. And I mean, Mike Evans has nine catches for 130 yards against Mar- Marshawn Lattimore in his last five games. Like Mike Evans is averaging. <laughs> Two Damn. catches for 26 yards. Two catches for 26 yards is an average last five games. Now, and it's weird because, like, it's also a little like Shades of the Kombucha Girl where it's like, but, well, well, well. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, he's going that. But also, if Chris Godwin's out, Mike Evans is, you know, it, like, a, like all, you know, usually gets like 30, 50% boost to all his yeah. numbers if Godwin's out. Then the flip side, underrated, <laughs> is that might not be the best receiver cornerback B for the game because you've also got Michael Thomas low-key one of the pettiest people in the entire NFL is going against Carlton Davis high-key everyone and knows it <laughs> here's the thing oh if you ever oh my Michael Thomas first of all Twitter handle can't guard Mike it's a great Twitter handle objectively good 
It is the best Twitter handle. Can't guard Mike. Two, I realized if you just followed Michael Thomas's Twitter during when the last dance was airing in the pandemic, he just like thinks he's Michael Jordan straight up. (laughs) Three, I am convinced Michael Thomas reads his Twitter mentions more than any player in the NFL. Oh, and the NFL, sure. I was going to say Kevin Durant uh, would like to have a word. Oh, well, I mean, no one can compete with Kevin. <laughs> I'm saying Michael Thomas, I bet if an NFL player had a burner, I would bet it would be Michael Thomas. Like if you put a oh, gun in my ooh, head. Ooh, we should find it. Ooh, this is if, a fun if, idea. I, I'm not saying he has one. I'm saying if if a player, if a prominent player had one, like a guy who's been an all pro had one, I bet it would be Michael Thomas. Yeah, but isn't he already, already is, he's in people's hats already. Like he's already answering people with his own account. The only reason so, why I don't <laughs> think he has a burner is because he just uses his his verified account. He's like, he's what's shameless. the point of a burner? Because he has no shame. Yeah. Carlton <laughs> Davis, who's one of the Bucks cornerbacks. And mind you, this is like a rivalry. Like the Saints have, have rocked the, the, the Bucks. Carlton Davis added Michael Thomas last, this is 18 months ago. He said, I bodied you three games in a row, little dude, in <laughs> cover dude. one goofball space exclamation point and i'm a dog you little ass again next year so you better work on them routes <laughs> can i say one thing about this please i think calling a dude lil or small or little as petty as it may sound is actually one of the most effective and emasculating ways <laughs> to insult a man call him a goofball <laughs> i was reading this wall street was there a wall street journal article something this morning i was reading about um all these men in the pandemic like really rich dudes, but like in their oh, 20s yes. and 30s were yeah. getting surgery to like, they break their legs and you grow them back so you oh can like God. actually add three or four inches. You could get taller. And so what? people are just re-entering society. So painful. But like you're you're four inches taller and you just don't tell anyone. You don't mention you're like, are you four inches taller? Like, I'm, I'm just here. It's like, hey guys, we all work from home now. All right. No one knows how tall you are. It's okay. <laughs> Again, I think you're right, Craig. I, there's no chance Michael Thomas has forgotten that Carlton Davis called him Lil ass, lil dude, and so <laughs> combine. Shout out in hard. It's a PFF for finding this tweet. I I know again. Is it stupid that I'm talking about this? Absolutely. This is a very dumb football analysis. Having said that, That's I fun. genuinely think it's like obviously it's true. There's so much X's and O's and like schemes that go into how players get the ball. I think it's really underrated how much of it is also ego. Like ego is a part of it. Players ask for the ball. It's like basketball. Sometimes a guy's like, give me the fucking ball. Receivers have the attitude basketball players. If you think Michael Thomas is not demanding the ball in this game in certain situations, he got two thirds of the Saints uh, end zone looks last week. I am so confident Maybe Michael Thomas catches a touchdown, maybe not, but they're going to try to get him the ball. I'm so certain of this. The last three times that Michael Thomas has faced Carlton Davis, Carlton Davis has won. Uh, Michael Thomas, in the three games they've played, has had 17 yards, 51 yards, and zero yards. So, obviously, that was a long time ago. It was back in 2020, but we will see. All Michael (laughs) Thomas has been doing is just watching the last dance and thinking about Carlton Davis calling him. Little dog. He also called him Slant Boy. Yeah, he did call him Slant Boy. <laughs> Is that how so it started? I, Is he the first I don't one think to it's say how that? It started. It's no. It's kind of like a song where it's like, you know, a song. Like uh, honestly, the perfect one is Margaritaville, like like five o'clock somewhere, and then people are like, oh, well, Jimmy Buffett's. I don't think Jimmy Buffett invented that. He just it's a saying, and then you know, it's like song. us with Bobby Trees. <laughs> yeah. We definitely didn't. Yeah, invent it's like that. we're like, oh, well, we invented Bobby <laughs> Trees. I'm like, if only someone like did we come up with it ourselves? Yes. Did other people probably also? <laughs> Our lives have been lived a thousand times exactly. before. A hundred percent. There's no. There are no original thoughts. All right. 
Wait, so are we starting either Michael Thomas or Mike Evans? I oh, think you of course. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. But it's gonna, we're going to be sweating it. You can't live in fear. Okay. I mean, you can you can bench Mike Evans. You're just then like a little ass dog. Well, it's important to note again that he mispracticed on Thursday. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Watch watch the injury reports on Sunday morning. I will not be telling anyone to bench Mike Evans if he plays. Carl Davis should change his Twitter handle to Can Guard Mike. <laughs> That'd be good. He actually should. It's taken Wait. by a 17 year old in uh, England somewhere. <laughs> actually, though, should we check right now if that handle is available? Wait. There's no way it is. <laughs> This is, I mean, we just have to check just in case. This this reminds me, speaking of, um, when I tweeted out the picture of our fantasy league for the ringer and everybody except for like two people are named some version of Danny Kelly, this other random Danny Kelly just responded, hey, can I be in this league? That's really funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, someone does have... There's thousands of Danny Kellys in there. I was the first guy to change my name to Danny Kelly. Craig, team, you and started I, that, you son of a bitch. And I was the first one to leave. I'm now Herb. <laughs> You're Herb, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know, all of our names in the Ringer League are just versions of Danny Kelly's team. Fucking okay. Herb. And one guy named Herb. <laughs> Riley McAtee refuses to change his name. He's like Riley's. Yeah, team. it's just yeah, it's 10 people. DK. Herb and Riley. And Riley. Okay. All right, we're moving on. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back. If your NFL same-game parlay does not hit, same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. My favorite same-game parlay this week, uh, Ravens to win the first half against the Dolphins, Ravens to win the game. Like just straight up money line. I like I I, also, I like the Ravens money line parlay also with the Bengals. Th those are different games. You can do whatever you want. That's why we love FanDuel. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no sweat same game parlay. Just sign up with our promo code. Use ours. Ringer Fantasy. If you don't already have an account, that's our promo code. Ringer Fantasy. Use the promo code. Use Ringer Fantasy to get free bets back if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states, three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions supply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit KS gamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Woo! Woo! Clean! Back on the horse. <laughs> Did the Ringer NFL show today too, and just, uh, it's back to back today. Easy. Easy money. I've, I've started to, so I've noticed, I didn't, during the summer, I didn't always listen back to our shows. I've been listening back to some of our shows. Man, the ad reads are just electric, you guys. Killing it. Oh, Craig, you, even you're doing it sometimes when we forget to have Heifetz record them. Love it. Yeah. When Heifetz is slacking off, I like, I'm like. i calling. He's on the golf course at noon on a Tuesday. And I'm like, dude, we have to do ads. And he's like, That was only like 14 times. <laughs> How come I never have to do ads? Because you guys know I'm just going to botch it so terribly. <laughs> botch, botch it! it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we don't have time for Danny to try botch to these. <laughs> Oh my God! We honestly, we have the rest of development. The next one of the pipelines got to be Sunny. Sunny, yeah. there's so many. Got cats in the wall. 
I got to I got to work in milk steak somehow right. to this oh show. Oh my god, kittens! All right, uh, I want to throw out there. I'm going to steal something from the rewatchables, which is you know, Craig, can you can explain this better than me? But you know how they say like someone got market corrected, like yep. an actor. Can you explain that for people who don't listen to the rewatchables? Uh, sure. When one actor is rising to a certain level of fame and it seems like they are going to have a prominent career in whatever niche that they kind of represent. And then another actor comes in and usurps them and steals their limelight, steals their career, steals what they could have been. Uh, an example is uh, Matt Damon and Kevin O'Connell. Uh, Kevin O'Connell was in the movie School Ties. He was uh, kind of the lead actor uh, uh, next to Al Pacino in Son of a Woman. That was a highly coveted role. It was like, wow, Kevin O'Connell, this is going to be his time. And then Matt Damon swoops in. We got Goodwill Hunting, a million other things. Completely takes over the young, cute white guy in the '90s in their 20s roles. And Kevin O'Connell. How many people know Kevin O'Connell if he walked down the street? I mean, I'm googling. Him? I, I mean, he's the head coach him. of the Vikings. <laughs> right? Are you sure his Good name is him. Kevin O'Connell? Oh God, it might not be, and that's actually more funny. Uh, who? Yeah, Kevin. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. So sorry. <laughs> oh my God. That actually proves the point, though. Yes, it that's does. So exactly. Don't even know. Uh, I was like, this does kind of not look. I was like, there's another guy. Football Vikings brain. Kevin, o uh, Kevin O. Uh, wait, what's his Kevin name? Chris O'Donnell. He works here. Kevin O'Connell is Vikings. Kevin O'Connor works here. Chris, Chris O'Donnell. O'Don oh, I know who Chris O'Donnell is. Now anyway. he's just like on NCIS. That's exactly. exactly. Listen, not shaming Chris O'Donnell. NCIS is a great career, but it's not. It's not Matt Damon. The point is someone comes in and takes off and then you forget about the other person. And I'm a little worried that Hunter Renfro is getting market corrected by Devontae Adams. Now, I know that this isn't exactly it because Devontae Adams is always better than Hunter Renfro. Well, and also they're not, they don't occupy the same like role in their, in their, <laughs> on their team. They're different in like what their ex expectations were. I thought of a, so I, I want to tweak this, which is instead of a market, it's just like a market acquisition. It's like, I, I what, it's remember when Apple released the iPhone and then just rendered the Blackberry obsolete. Yeah. It's like Blackberry. Dude, it's like, oh, I had a Blackberry like, back in the day. Like, iPhone had a camera and it's like Kodak just, Oh, well that's just ours now. And I'm like, like app, they just absorbed the entirety of the market. And I'm like, that's Devonte Adams and Hunter Renfro. I'm a little worried <laughs> that Hunter good. Renfro just was absorbed into like the black, like, like the black hole that Devonte Adams created. Like you still see people with like a physical camera. Like, you know people who have a camera. You know, like, Hunter Renfro, like, you'll know people who have Hunter Renfro. But I'm a little worried that all the, like, Devontae got, what, 17 targets last week? Yeah. I mean, couldn't you say the same thing for Darren Waller? Darren Waller, it might, I mean, used to be the guy getting 17 targets on the Raiders. Yeah, but Waller still had a pretty good game. Yeah, but yeah. Waller's capable of, like, being very fantasy relevant without a massive workload. Like, Waller, one, just tight end, so to speak, like, like, tough he's still like a really good athlete i think that the, the injury he had was obviously about the contract he's healthy mm. the difference is hunter renfro needs a massive amount of targets and catches to be relevant he's not a big play player like if he's not getting a lot of targets and especially stuffed in the red zone he's not worth it and here's the thing if he's ever gonna have a good week it should be this week like the cardinals if the raiders play the cardinals this week i think it's the highest over under the week steven ruiz last week writing about the chiefs uh, and the cardinals had a really good point that the Cardinals, for some reason, just played so much base defense. Like, they put Isaiah Simmons in the slot. He's like a linebacker safety hybrid. He was like, we'll be slot corner. Did not to go well. And so, if Hunter Renfro can't win as a slot receiver and get targets from Derek Carr this week against the Cardinals, I'm kind of worried he just won't be able to do it this week period or this year period. 
and yeah. that Devontae Adams will have just absorbed him. Like Devontae Adams is the iPhone and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro is like Blackberry. Do you guys know that um, the guy who started Blackberry, when the iPhone was coming out, his his team, like his software development team, his advisory um, group came to him and said, hey, we should maybe pivot to a touchscreen. And he said, no way that'll ever work. People love pressing the keys on a keyboard. <laughs> Sometimes uh, we get predictions wrong on this show. Mm-hmm. Or just I'm wrong. I'm in life in general. And you know what I always come back to? What? There's, you know SoftBank? SoftBank. <laughs> he like waits a, for us to say what? I what? Know. <laughs> Jesus. Was it rhetorical? Or, okay, keep going. This, I don't know. Yes, continue. The SoftBank manages like trillions of dollars of money. And they asked, like, I think the founder of SoftBank what his like favorite investment was. And he was like, oh, I only think about the failures. And they're like, well, what's yeah. your biggest failure? And he's like, well, Jeff Bezos offered me 40% of Amazon to go to take it public in 2000. And man, I think about that every day. Oh, Ooh. God. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> what a whiff. That is tough. So we see, Mike Davis is not so bad. It's fine. It's okay. Anyway. On another note, I, this is, I just wanted to mention this because we were talking about Darren Waller. There was a cool story going around on Twitter yesterday about how um, Waller, when he was in rehab, he was suspended in 2017 and, um, because of off-field stuff. He went to rehab and he worked an $11 an hour job stacking produce at this place called Sprouts Farmer's Market. Oh, yeah, I know Sprouts. And he signed his $51 million extension with the Raiders wearing a Sprouts t-shirt. Oh, wow, That's that is cool. cool. Yeah, so that was cool. Anyway, we can continue now. Okay, the next award here. I'm giving out. It's called the Daddy Chill Award. I don't know if you guys seen the Daddy Chill meme. No, uh, I don't memes, think so. Memes, memes, we're, we're too the meme. It's pretty popular. Too. Just look it up. It's kind of hard to describe. Daddy Chill. <laughs> it's it's a bunch of people fighting, and this old man walks in and is yelling everybody to shut up. And then this one person sh- goes up to the dad and goes, "Daddy Chill," <laughs> and it's great. But the point of this award is this is about teams and fantasy players that you kind of need to chill on after week one. Like, don't get your hopes up too high. I kind of think it's the Dolphins and the Ravens who happen to be playing each other this week. Mm. Um, they both won last week, which is why I think they qualify for this category. The Ravens put up 24 points against the Jets. And I was listening to Warren Sharp this week, and he was talking about how disappointing the Ravens were. They had 10 drives that started in their own territory against the Jets. Only one of them made it out of the Jets' territory. Oh, wow. Three of their 12 drives gained more than one first down. Lamar ran for 17 yards. The team in general ran for three yards a carry. Yeah. The O-line is in shambles. They lost their backup left tackle to a torn Achilles last week, uh, which is why they were 28th in yards before contact. Um, And they're playing the Dolphins. Last time Lamar played the Dolphins, they put up 10 points. And Lamar has kind of been, not outed, but it's now common knowledge that Lamar against the Blitz is a problem. And that's what Miami does. Um, and even the Dolphins switching to their side, they put up 20 points last week against the Patriots. Uh, we all thought that the running game was going to be special in the Mike McDaniel Shanahan offense. They ran for 2.8 yards of carry on 23 rushes. They had 18 uh, first downs, 14 third downs. Tua was fine. Uh, better against uh, man, bad against zone. This Ravens D is more zone heavy now with their new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. I just think neither of these teams, I think we're all like, oh my God, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. And like the sticker value of that sounds, I think, a lot better than the actual game was. They put up 20 points. The Patriots are not the same team as they used to be. And really only Tyreek Hill had a good game for the Dolphins. Jalen Waddell had five targets. 
So I think we should pump the brakes on kind of both these situations right now. I wouldn't be super bullish. Yeah. I just did the Ringer NFL show with Steven Solak, and Solak was like, I mean, bet the under on the Dolphins scoring points. Oh, there you too, go. Because the Ravens defense is like perfectly situated to like just take everything away. Like to it, I agree with Steven. Steven Steven's a big believer that Tua just does not handle pressure well. And I think the Ravens are gonna pressure Tua a lot. I agree. I think this I think you're dead on, Craig. I think that. I think the Ravens are going to win. I like I like the Ravens money money line parlay in this, but I I think you're dead on that both these teams will probably come out looking. It's one of those like when two friends get in an argument and you're like nobody won that. Yeah, everyone's right, a right, loser. Right. That's this game to me. Every political debate now has kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> won that. It's going to abstain from this at all. Some, Just some of them yeah. are winners. All right, the next one here. I like I love this one. The Family Guy Mystery Box Award. I love this. Yeah, can we explain that one for a second? Yeah, Kyvitz, you did a good job of it. Well, it's a scene from Family Guy where there's being offered a boat, and then the salesman's like, but instead of a boat, and he pulls out like a shoebox-sized box. He's like, you could have what's in the mystery box. <laughs> and Lois is like, Peter, take the boat. And he's like, but Lois, the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that version is... J.K. Dobbins, speaking of the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins starting his first game this year. Well, I'm assuming he's going to be playing. I guess we shouldn't necessarily... Well, if he's not playing, I assume you're not talking. Yeah. It's... Correct, correct. I don't know. I'm probably not going to be starting him, honestly, if like I have him on a team just this week to see how it all goes. Um, Craig, I think you're actually right. Like I remember last week watching the Ravens offense, and at no point was I like, oh, this looks good. Like They look like a good offense. Like They had, I think Lamar had like one or two big touchdown passes. And that was it. And yeah, like that was basically all that they could muster. And like none of their skill position guys really did much. Um, even Mark Andrews, I think he had like five catches. Um, and so like I don't know if JK Dobbins is gonna be like the answer to what they're looking for. There's like a world in which having an explosive element on the ground in JK Dobbins helps open up this offense because like they have been a foundational run game and just been cycling through a bunch of just like retread terrible like veteran running backs over last year you remember last year like some of the running back like rotations they had last year like everyone was so pissed they weren't playing tyson uh williams or what was his name tyson yeah tyson williams yeah he like levy on bell last year to they be clear, had, everyone uh, was not pissed about tyson williams a very small amount of people knew that he existed they had Devonte freeman they were playing god yeah and then and of course this year they go with Ke uh Kenyon drake and mike davis so on one hand the boat potential boat is like Dobbins is the the fix for this right. offense. It's like what he needs, what they need to do. Uh, and then on the other hand, he's going to rush for 2.5 yards per carry and the offense is going to look terrible. I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't play him. <laughs> like, the, I think that the combo of what Craig's saying about the Ravens offense looking lackluster mixed with Dobbins first game back. I mean, he, it, we've known for a while that this injury was way more complicated and that his optimism to play in week one he finally admitted this week that what the injury was, he tore, like, I think his, aside from the complete tear of the ACL, he also, like, tore his hamstring. Like, it was so many It he was tore so his many hamstring? Recoveries. Yes, oh, it was a crazy injury. This is why we've been out on Dobbins all year. I just can't play this guy in his first game back. I would so much rather yeah. his first game back and you bench him and he gets 100 yards and two touchdowns. And you feel like an idiot. I'll live with that. If you play J.K. Dobbins and you're like, Oh, he was on a snap count, you know, eight carries, 20 yards, but like he's back. Like I, 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 you'll, I'll feel personally, I'll feel much stupider if I play him and he just doesn't even play that much than if he 
I bench him and he he does great because if he, if he does great, then cool. He's, he's back. <sighs> yeah, it's tough, man. Wow, you're right. I I, I hadn't seen this. But he, ACL, LCL, hamstring, and meniscus. It's a nightmare. That's everything. I, I it, 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 it's I, I I am not playing him till I see him at least get the majority of the snaps in a game. I will say, I think Dobbins is a rare enough athlete and he's young enough that he could come back and be just as strong. It's just a matter of time. And I think, you know, this is still too early to really like be confident about it. All right. Well, our next one here we got, if you ain't your first, your last. It's Ricky Bobby. Basically, boom bust, guys. There's a number of players that I would put into this bucket, but I think DK Metcalf is one of them. Like, there were times in when during the Seahawks game against the Broncos last week where I'm like, this, this guy, still he still got it. He still looks like elite. Um, you know, he still looks like a player that could potentially turn out like putting up more production than people even think. And if you look at like the target shares with um throughout his career, so sorry, with with Geno Smith, uh, I saw this from Graham Barfield. The four games he's played with Geno Smith, his target share has been 23, 26, 27, 25. That's really strong. Like that's great. Um, that's what you're hoping for. Like 30% is elite, elite, elite. Anything in the 20s is pretty solid. If you're under 20, that's where it's like you're kind of dependent on touchdowns and things like that. Um, however, here's the problem. The Seahawks are determined to not play football. They're determined to run as few fucking plays as they possibly can. Um, after leading the NFL last year in plays, they had 954 plays, um, which was dead last, even worse than like all the terrible teams in the NFL. Atlanta Falcons, Houston Texans all ran more plays than them. The Seahawks ran 49 plays. You know what that's like? It's like a personal pizza because like, obviously what we're talking about here is a player's target share is a slice of the offense. And you're like, cool. DK Metcalf, a quarter of the, of, of, of the pie. <laughs> then you look at the pie, you're like that's not enough to eat. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the fewest plays in the league. It's the smallest pizza out of all the 32 pizzas. 49 plays, which was dead last in week one among all teams. And uh, as I tweeted this, Pat Thorman, who who tracks a lot of um, like pace and, and number of plays and things, noted that it, it was the only one game last year did they have fewer than forty nine plays. And mind you, the Seahawks had the fewest plays in the NFL last year. Yes, it's it's bad. Like this sucks. This is annoying. But it's like also their strategy. Like they just want to shorten the game, uh, take a bunch of like basically they just want to mess up. They don't want to they don't want to turn the ball over. Um, they want to drag opposing teams down to their level. And hope to win on variance, like at the end of the game, like literally exactly what happened against the Broncos, where the fucking Broncos missed the field goal to lose the game. Like that's what the Seahawks want. That's how they're going to win is by shortening the game. Um, you know, basically not letting other teams just like put the, put up a bunch of plays because like the more plays other teams have, like in the end, like the better team is going to like come out if you play more plays in general. If you play fewer plays and like really shorten the game, don't mess up. Like a bad team can, in theory, win. So I don't know. I just think, man, it's just tough for fantasy. I, I do think there's a world in which um, Metcalf like still has big games and things like that. But he's either going to it's either going to be like a huge game or it's going to be like five points. All right. The next one we got here is the George Costanza. I love this. This was Craig's idea. I love it so much. It's like if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite must be right. I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye. <laughs> Untoasted. With a side of potato salad and a cup of tea. <laughs> Chicken salad with a cup of tea. <laughs> so I'm giving this one to Alan Robinson this week. Yeah. Like every ounce of my being is like, don't start Alan Robinson, you fucking idiot. Like he had an absolute dud of a game in week one. Um, 
Like in a lot of cases, Matt Stafford was not even looking in his direction. Uh, he has a matchup this week against the Falcons where he might get uh, shadowed by AJ Terrell, at least for part of the game. He's a very good corner. And so like, there's just a million reasons not to start him, but maybe I'm just going to start him because I think there's a, a couple of variables here. Number one, both Matt Stafford and Sean McVay came out after the game and said that they need to get Allen Robinson more involved. I don't know if that's necessarily like worth banking on, but it's the squeaky wheel thing. Like they want to get him more involved. Like it's going to be a focus for them. We need a way better term for squeaky wheel. And I get the whole saying the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's correct. We need to be a little more specific, which is Allen Robinson was embarrassed on the internet. And ever <laughs> the only thing players what's, yeah, what's want, a modern one the yeah only thing professional athletes want more than winning is to not be embarrassed Allen robinson having no catches in this game was embarrassed in the same way that last week i was like miles sanders will fucking get a touchdown in week one because it was very embarrassing he did yes. not and people were asking great him call, why don't you score call. and the eagles were like this guy can't be embarrassed anymore the rams are going to force feed robinson at least three balls even just like a screen whatever get him just involved yeah, yeah I, bet, I, I bet there's a serious chance he just gets the first catch of the game. It's just a freaking screen, Allen Robinson. The other thing that is important here is the way that the Bills played the Rams, it was like they were getting immediate pressure with four guys almost every snap. And that allowed them to bracket yeah. Allen Robinson a lot of the time um, with like coverage over in his area. And essentially, Matt Stafford was just like, I trust and know Cooper Cup, like the back of my hand, like I'm just going to go to him immediately and get rid of the ball quickly. Like in theory, against a different opponent, that's not going to be just feasting up front. Yeah, the Falcons have the worst pass rush in all of football, probably. So Wait. that's another factor that I'm like, he's going to be, he's going to have time to get back to the backside dig. He's going to have time to like get through his, his, you know, get past his first option or whatever, if that's Cup, and then get, go to Allen Robinson. So I don't know. Every part of me is like, this is stupid, but also maybe it's the right move. I, I think this know. is straight up cutting edge football analysis. Everybody's <laughs> like, what about this or that? And I'm like, actually, you're right. Our instinct is to do this, do the opposite. Craig, what's a better name for squeaky wheel? Well, I'm trying to think of something with the word troll because essentially he just didn't want, you don't want to be trolled on the internet. So yeah. I'll come back next week with something. All right. We got to think of something. Okay. If you have an idea for a better word for squeaky wheel that involves embarrassment, emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Till then, Craig, our next category here. Yeah, our next category is called, if you guys have seen Dazed and Confused, the famous Matthew McConaughey line, and he goes, that's what I love about these high school girls. I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Uh, I'm swapping out high school girls with Kyle Shanahan running backs. It's what I love about Kyle Shanahan running backs. It doesn't matter who's playing. They're always good. And this week, it's Jeff Wilson. Welcome to school, Jeff. All right, all right, all right. Uh, don't think about this analogy too much, because I'm not, you know, comparing myself to that's a good, that's good advice. Don't go too deep into the analogy. This is good no. advice twice over. Take the advice, but don't think about the advice too much. Don't read into it too much. Uh, Jeff Wilson is now our prom date. Again, don't think about it too much. <laughs> don't worry about Terry and Davis Price and the other rookie. Don't worry about them signing Marlon Mack. Don't worry about Shanahan saying they're going to ride the hot hand. He's been saying that for five years. <laughs> Jeff Wilson is your daddy now, and you should start him. There are very few players, other than the elite guys, that I would start over Jeff Wilson. Against the Seahawks. This could be, the, this could be Elijah Mitchell 2.0 from 2021. This could be the 2021 Elijah Mitchell situation this year. I love Jeff Wilson so irrationally. You know, when you just have a guy that just want, like, he's just randomly just got you like two like bi-week fill-ins, and he just got like, 140 yards and three touchdowns. Because he makes you feel smart. Yes. I love Jeff Wilson. Uh, I don't know anything about Jeff Wilson. I'm, I'm like, this He's is what junior. I do for There's my... There's two of them. Yes. What college did he go to? 
Where's he from? Where did he come? Like, where he just all of a sudden he was the guy that was the backup on the 49ers. Where's Tom Petty from? That's one of, this is one of these situations. There's <laughs> no right. wonder. You I'll know never what? know. Not, no, we're not looking it up. And we're going to let, we're going to, we're not answering the question. I'm we're just going to hopefully in the hear world. and find out about it in like in the wild. Email us if you know anything about Jeff Wilson, but not by looking it up. If you only can <laughs> learn about Jeff Wilson by looking it up, do not email us. But if you naturally know something about Jeff Wilson, send it to us. If you're like, he went to my college, like, there you go. Boom, it needs to be learning. organic. Yeah, I agree. Ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right. Any Danny Amendoza lines? Any surprising guys below the Amendoza line for you guys this week? I was surprised that Amari Cooper on the Browns is just outside of it for me. I was tinkering with my rankings today. So he had six targets last week, right? Against the Panthers, Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones had 11. Mm. The Browns put up almost 30 points and Amari Cooper managed three yard, three catches for 17 yards. Uh, the Browns ran it the most in the league last week. They had the most rushing attempts in the league, the second most rushing yards. They're playing the Jets. I think they're going to win again. I'm nervous. I, I, I was like semi into Amari Cooper this season. And before Deshaun Watson comes back, I, I feared that that was a uh, that was a miss by me. And then this week, because you, you can kind of play it both ways, you can kind of talk yourself into the fact that they're playing the Jets, so they could put up a lot of points, and that's why maybe you want to play Amari Cooper. But right now, my mindset is that they're going to be up early, which just means they're going to pound the rock because they don't trust Jacoby Brissett, and Amari Cooper will once again have a mediocre day. Yeah, the Brissett thing is a huge factor. There, there was one play I believe he got behind the um, defense and could have had the big touchdown, but Brissett overthrew. Him. Yeah, he did. He was getting open. That was my fear. Is that there was there's a whole you can find it on Twitter. There's like a whole video of how many times Amari Cooper was shaking defenders and getting open. Oh man! But I mean, they have a great offensive line and they have two of the best running backs in the league. So I'm not sure the volume is there anymore. The Browns yeah. suck, and <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Craig Thanks. goes through the, the whole great spiel. <laughs> Craig goes through his whole spiel, all the research. He's watching the tape, and then I just, the Browns suck. Browns are ass. I mean, <laughs> that was good. Uh, you know, I'm just telling you. All right, let's get to some emails. Uh, <laughs> do you want you want me to read this, or you want to read it, Craig? <laughs> I can read it. Uh, so once again, we're coming back to this dumb guy topic. 
Men are dumb. <laughs> Honestly, we've, we've discovered it's a bottomless well of men are dumb stories. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you and your friends or men you know are dumb. Just how stupid men are. And we've we've been getting a bunch of emails. This is one of my favorite themes of emails that we've received in a long time. Uh, we're just getting tons of emails from guys being like, hey, listen to a story about how stupid me and my friends are. So this is from Dante. 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 He says, hey, guys, during senior year of college, my roommates and I started uh, binging the show Lost. The show starts with a cold open. And then after a scene, the screen goes black and the word Lost pops onto the screen. My friends and I made a game out of being the first person to shout lost right when the title <laughs> card came up. It was very competitive and we would roast each other mercilessly if we would yell a premature lost. Once my girlfriend, now wife, came down to visit and watch an episode with us, she saw the lost game firsthand and looked at us like we were the most idiotic people on earth. Uh, after explaining the premise of the game, all she could say in, my, in, her, in her response was, but why? <laughs> this is this is perfect idiot dudes distill distilled down but why yeah but why is the genre it's it's it literally it's just what's so great is there are so many things that people are emailing us where we could never have come up with this just trying to make it up but as soon as they say it i'm like i get it and then i totally as get it craig said women could do this could watch lost for ten thousand years together they would never, would never come get up to this that. point no. There would never be three girls going, lost. Oh, lost. Jesse, you didn't get it. <laughs> this reminds Idiot. me of how people try and time the smoke we eat every day. It, oh, that's a great one, DK. <laughs> we used to always do that. You're always early. You're always early. Uh, yeah. It's like just you know like what? a tick or it's like a beat too late every time. On the odds that Derek Thompson is listening, Derek Thompson has an incredible podcast called Plain English here at the Ringer. It's amazing. Great and, show. And uh, got beers with Derek Thompson the other day. And flex, I kind of want Derek Thompson to bring... <laughs> shut up i want thompson to come on this pod maybe and i want him to like talk about why men are like this with us like, I, mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I really do like why do, are yes. men, why do men do these things it's do a so plain weird. english on why men are so dumb why are we this way it's not a topic <laughs> worthy of Derek thompson doing it on his show but it's worthy for, enough for this show exactly. for this podcast so if Derek, you want to come on for the final 10 minutes we can talk why about why are men men are. dumb we're so stupid we do a full episode, not even about fantasy football. It's just the four of us. I he's gonna it. he's gonna report it out. He's gonna get like the foremost expert on it. I'm gonna love this. Oh my god! The men are dumb, though. It, it almost boils down to like that that old truism that like you know the best things in life are free. Like men are so simple. It's not that hard to be happy. They just want to sit in a room <laughs> and yell "lost" at a screen. Or honestly, just give men just give them a ball. Just give them a ball. <laughs> Dude, it's a, a, a tennis ball. It's like the greatest invention in man. Oh my God, I love tennis balls. We got one of these emails and I've done this myself. I bet you, you guys have too. Uh, we, we didn't read it on the show, but some guy emailed us saying, uh, he was emailing about this dumb guy stuff category. And he was talking about how him and his friends play a game where they all just sit around in a circle on the floor and they sit with their legs open and they just have a ball and you just toss it to the other side of the circle and you try and land the oh, ball yeah. on somebody's nuts. And that's the whole game. <laughs> There's no winners. There's only losers. You can't block it. No. You just have to take it. Yeah. And then if it hits you, then you get to throw it at somebody else. And that's it. I've played it many times. Oh, man. That's incredible. All right. Well, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to anyone who's ever thrown a ball at Craig's nuts. I appreciate you. Um, thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, the Bengals. No, that's a football team. Oh. That's like spelled B-A-N-G-L-E-S. It's a, it's a band. Can I tell you guys something funny? Walk like an Egyptian. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that. Are they a one-hit wonder? No. They got a couple of hits. All right. I think they're pretty big. Well before you were born, Craig. 
You don't know when I was born. How dare yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, can I tell you guys something? It's funny. Sub- I literally didn't consciously put this together. I definitely did subconsciously. You know what's funny? You know what I'm holding right now? A ball. <laughs> it's just like a little stress ball on this desk and I just picked it up and I've just been holding this for like 20, 30 minutes easily. I mean, one of my favorite things in life is to just throw balls of paper into the trash can. Like I'm <laughs> a simple man. It doesn't take much. It's another the most, honestly, arguably the most like man thing ever is just when you do that, you're like, Kobe. Now it's, now it's Steph. I feel like people, Steph. I mean, you're in the Bay Area. Like, yeah. I mean, d- d- no, stop. You, I, little kids across the country. Uh, the, every kid shoots threes now at every 24 hour fitness because of Steph. That's a fact. I mean, yeah, the people who didn't watch Kobe play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a, a large swath of people now. I mean, literally, you go to a gym, kids only shoot threes and you play fives now. It's because of stuff. That's true. It's kind of like how Mahomes um, ruined all these kids because they're like, oh, ba- no look past. Ba-. It's like, actually, just set your feet. You're not good. Mahomes ruined mechanics for all. Do you guys? So this is Shay. Shay definitely talks about this. Shay Serrano. Uh, are you guys part of the people that do the like just shooting a hoop like in your kitchen every time you like want to go do something you're in the kitchen you just like pretend to shoot i do like i I like to euro step around corners (laughs) i have a step trash can which uh, like really ruins that vibe i'm not gonna lie that does you need to get rid of that top no i'm not saying you actually shoot any like you're just pretending to shoot hoops like in the kitchen Listen, there's nothing people who don't play basketball love more than playing fake basketball in their house. I like the Euro step around the corner. I'm always Euro stepping like around a, a corner. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like getting buckets and you're just like, I would totally, you know. Splash. I'm like, I could hit a couple threes in a game. That's the core. Every man believes that, right? Yeah. I've actually debated that for the hottest take. <laughs> <laughs> I could score points in an NBA game. That's- yes, that- that is what am I? You don't realize how tall they are, Craig. I'm, you know, there are NBA players shorter than me. I feel, well, that's a bad answer. They, I think you have to be like for a year, you'd have to practice shooting at such an insane arc and actually kind of get good at you. Craig's a little up. different, though. He hit a half court shot to win a truck. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> we don't what do you guys say about, about that? that ever. <laughs> Why don't we he talk about that? that more? That's crazy. Yeah. Didn't they not give you the, didn't you just, they didn't give me the truck. Because they said it was a free truck. And then when I made the fucking shot, Toyota was like, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm calling out Toyota. We, I hope we don't have a sp- brand deal for Toyota. But they were like, uh, oh, actually, it's a two-year lease. And I was like, what? <laughs> Fuck that. I don't need that. I'm a freshman in college. I, it's a walkable campus. I don't need a two-year lease. I wanted a truck permanently. And so we ended up coming to terms at a kind of an under-the-table. They gave you a big check. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what sucks about that is being a freshman in college, I was 18 years old or 19 years old. I didn't get that money. My mom got that money. Like <laughs> I, I got the check and like my mom deposited it like into my bank account. And then I don't know what happened to that money. I didn't get a dime of it. It probably went towards my tuition. That's bullshit. Oh, what a tragedy. Like my cousin Vinny, right? Like paid my cousin for your Vinny, college. It's just like, oh, the horror. College student pays off loan. I didn't go to some private liberal arts school. I went to San Diego State. Tuition was not that expensive. I could have used some of that money for some fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In-state tuition is not that bad. (laughs) Two-year lease. Well, good luck with your tundra. All right, goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 